Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. I don't know if you know, lads, but I've been getting uh, some, some piano lessons. Uh, well, I got some piano lessons. I thought I would um, make up a new intro for the podcast. After all this time, I, changing the intro. Want to hear it? Uh, please. Uh, <laughs> Did you think? Get your money tell? back in the lessons. <laughs> first, first lesson? <laughs> Pretty good, then. This week, let's talk about Six Baby, let's talk about Ross County, let's talk about Alien Usse and we Frimpy who impressed Lenny, let's talk about Six and Lazio. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tips. This is 20 Minute Tims, episode 194. The international break is over. The boys are back, and by boys I mean Melly. Yes. You did a horse noise before you were introduced, but I'll allow it because it's not Steve. talking. No, that was me, so. Uh, you spoke before you were introduced. <laughs> and that horse was noises and spoke before I introduced. That's a, that's a woeful podcasting performance for me so far. Are we happy that the international break is over, though? God, yes. yes. Yeah. So dull. So dull. Part I think there was there was something about this one that was especially dull. It's I because think. everyone went into this with absolutely no hope at all of Scotland doing <laughs> no. anything, and, and basically that's what happened. Yeah. Plus, Celtic losing before in the game before mm, it doesn't yeah. help. Everyone was just a little bit sadder, but we are back, and there's plenty to talk about. Celtic are certainly back with a vengeance, back on top, back on top. And you would know all about Celtic being back, Melly, as you were at the game, as you were for Melly at the match, our reaction podcast over on the Patreon. Yes, a smashing one, quite a long one as well, because it was raining goals and lots to talk it about. It was a lovely, lovely gloat fest. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the first time all three of us have been back in the studio, Stephen. We reconvened on Friday for the world-famous Friday phone-in. That's correct, yes. Uh, another predictably silly and very, very fun episode to record. Possibly, I say it all the time, but it's arguably the best thing we do. The it's, most fun to record it's anyway. The most say. fun, it's yeah. the most fun podcast. And that's all thanks to, thanks to our patrons and the strength and silliness of their questions. There was a lot of actual football questions this week, which yeah. was good. Uh, and there was a lot of, what was, the, what was the one that made me laugh when I was listening to it back? It was the one where the guy asked is, what would be your three course last meal? <laughs> and this lad here picks a fucking Vianetta. <laughs> still can't still can't go over the Vianetta, mate, What's honestly. The alternative? the alternative dessert in the whole world. <laughs> to a Vianetta. It's my favourite, what do you want me to say? A fab. <laughs> um, also, during the international break, we went to the patrons, we let them choose a podcast, yeah. something that we never done before. Stephen, you picked a match to oh, give yes. the patrons a chance to talk about. I picked a match. What did you give them the choice of? Well, the the concept of this was we decided to give the patrons a, a choice, good and evil, mm-hmm. angel on your shoulder or the, the, the devil on your shoulder. For the angel on your shoulder, I picked the, the nice wee... League Cup final from 1997, Wim Janssen's first first trophy. The idea being that we go and watch these games and report on what we've seen because we've not seen it for ages. Or the choice you submitted was... Armedia Bratislava 5, <laughs> Celtic 0, because guess, I thought... Guess what they voted yeah, for as well. I thought there'd be a couple of sadists in, in, in the audience, and that was correct. Well, 56% of our Patreon audience are sadists, it seems like. So we got to relive Armedia Bratislava 5, Celtic 0, and I've got to admit... It was entertaining to go back and see one of the most yeah. horrendous Celtic performances yeah. I can actually remember. 
And as we said at the time on the recording, if you can't have a sense of humour about it, then it's, it was going to be a struggle, but thankfully we did. Thankfully we are hilarious. <laughs> um, also on the Patreon during the international break, we had the final episode of having a rank. Well, for now, for now, it's, it's been shelved for another project. Always sounds more exciting though when you say like yeah, final, <laughs> final Yeah, it was a, an A to Z of the world's greatest ever footballers and how they tie to Celtic Football Club. Very interesting stuff as always. Yeah, when I say it's been shelved for another project, Tom is working on something else forthcoming. I'll be coming along very soon. We'll give more details on that as it happens. If you would like some extra content, you like what we do on the Monday night and you want some more of this, um, we do lots of great stuff over on our Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. And before we wrap up, this week sees the return of the jewel in the crown of the Patreon content as far as I'm concerned, our documentary, Bill New Year's. Yep, episode five is in the can and we'll be with you very shortly. So, let's get to current day business. Celtic 6, Ross County 0. That was a footballing feast, Stephen. It was, and it was a good thing to come back to. Without meaning to sound disrespectful to Ross County, it was a good fixture to have. Without uh, sounding to be meaning disrespectful to Ross County, they were pish. Yeah, well, that, that is true. <laughs> uh, Melly and I got together and did a, a Patreon preview for it a few days before, and we, and we talked about it, and we talked about how it was a good fixture to come back to. Something you'll very rarely hear me say is that the international break came along at quite a good time for Celtic, I felt, because they'd started flagging a wee bit, performances had dropped, drew the hibs, and then you think, hey, we'll, we'll beat Livingston and get the ball rolling again, Oof. and obviously that didn't work out, so maybe it's time for a good wee break, come back refreshed, and that's sure as hell what Celtic did. When I say Ross County are a good game to come back to, that's not because they're the worst team in the league, it's because they represent a challenge, they were in good form, they were fifth in the league, they were undefeated in four Technically the form team over Celtic because they hadn't lost in those four yep. and Celtic had. So it represented a not an easy game, but a, a winnable game, as they call it, and something of a challenge as well. It was before it. I listened to the match preview on Patreon. That was great. And as you said, it could have been a challenge. It was an opportunity. We all said it before Celtic went away. You know, they need to come back to Ross County. They need to get back to winning ways. Now, Celtic just more or less rolled over the top of Ross County, didn't they, Melly? Especially in that second half. Yeah, well, they scored the five goals in the second half, but first half went in one nil at half time. But I thought they were better in the first half. They played some better stuff in the first half. But I thought some of the interchange, especially like the close one twos and all that, was absolutely brilliant in the second. Yeah, it was. It was good. There was a good game all on, all in all, but just second half, maybe a few more players came into it. But first half as well, it could have been five at half time as well with yeah. the amount of chances. Their keeper was played well. They had a cut. They cleared a couple off the line. Jim, uh, Cal McGregor hit the post. That would have been an absolute smashing goal if we managed to oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, that was yeah. brilliant. From yeah. Elianusi as well, who we'll talk about quite oh, a bit yes, on this episode, no doubt. Um, yeah, the chances in the first half. Ricky Foster cleared at least two off the line, yeah. I can remember. As you say, good goalkeeping performances. I feel like I say that all the time. That This league is full of good goalkeepers, but because I only ever see them play against Celtic, everyone... All the keepers in the league seem to play brilliantly against yeah. Celtic. I don't know if they do it elsewhere. I think we had 21 shots in the yeah, first, first half. I that, correct, well, yeah. I thought it was 21 shots in the first half. Then I looked at the stats and we got 28 overall. Very. Yeah, so we must have scored five of seven shots in the second Brilliant. half. Clinical. A couple of wee adjustments in the lineup. Um mm. Fraser Foster obviously started. We saw Jeremy Frimpong. He made his appearance, and I'm sure we're going to talk lots about him. Uh, Julian was at centre-half with Christopher Ayer. There were some rumours about whether or not he should be dropped, but mm. Neil Lennon obviously had faith in him. Bowling goalie, played at left-back. Brown, McGregor, Forrest, Roderick, Elianusi, and of course, Edward made up the rest of the team. When you saw that lineup come out, boys, happy? Yeah, happy enough, I thought. The only real thing we thought during the week was it probably being Cham that came in for yeah. Christie, but he rolled his ankle on Thursday, I think, in training, so missed out. So it makes sense Rogic coming in. And Frimpong was a, probably a wee bit of a surprise. He did play very well against Partick Thistle. Oh, we did match. talk about it on the preview. We yeah. did bring him up, yeah. But uh, with uh, Elhamid and Bauer both fit, he must be doing everything right in training if he's been pitched in. Three right backs in the match day squad, does that yeah. happen, Stephen? <laughs> Change days. Well, that season. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> uh, it's so it's so encouraging to see the total difference. Now Bowling Goalie has made the, the left back position his own, but we despite the fact we haven't seen him yet, we do have Greg Taylor there, so it's like both full back positions are finally taken care of. I've got hundred percent confidence in that. Are you at all curious about Greg Taylor's absence from match day squads? A little bit. Um I'm not gonna go down the conspiracy theories route, but I just wonder if is there one? Uh, yeah, well, he's, they've been talking about how you know 
he called he called Lee Griffiths a Fenian bastard in training and all that. It's total garbage. It's one of these WhatsApp things, but it's it's one of these things that circulates and you just roll your eyes at. But uh, what I think really is the problem is that Johnny Hayes is keeping him out. I think Neil Lennon just prefers to have Johnny Hayes around, the kind of Swiss Army knife. He plays plays multiple positions and keeps multiple players back out of the squad. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) by the looks of it, you're right. Jeremy Frimpong, just on what you were saying about training there, Neil Lennon said before the game that... He'd been watching him in training this week and he said something that I thought was brilliant. He just said, it makes you wonder why you're holding him back. Like, so if someone's that good, you, yeah. I, I suppose, like extrapolated out from what Neil Lennon said, I'm I'm thinking that he's maybe thinking, oh, he's only 18, you can't really play him. He's, you, know, you need to protect these guys. But at the same time, he just caught himself and thought, but why? Look how good this boy is. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love it's him really, really that, encouraging yeah. to yeah. see or hear him say that. Yeah, it is because it is, look, it is Ross County at home, and as you always say, Stephen, see if he can't perform in these games, there's no point in him yeah. being at Celtic. So it's an ideal day, game for him to come in. As you said, Ross County were on decent form, but they weren't landing a lot of goals. I think they scored 10, conceded 11 this season, or right, maybe yeah, the other way right. about. So for us to take six off them, and although I said Celtic were good in the first half, Ross County weren't terrible. No, they no, weren't not absolutely at all, no. terrible. You wouldn't say this team's a bottom half team that's going to get demolished six 0 at half time. And in fairness to them, they actually tried a couple of decent things. They got a couple of decent moves together. It didn't come to anything, of course. Uh, Foster was barely troubled in the game. I, can't, I really can't think of much at all. One with his feet, I think he, he made a save. But they did try and attack Celtic to an extent. It wasn't just a case of coming in and sitting in, which maybe would have served them slightly better. But as we've seen before, that doesn't doesn't often work against Celtic either. If you just sit back and invite them on to you, right, okay, if you come away with a 2-0 defeat, it might seem better than 6-0, but it's the same result at the end of the day. I don't think Ross County did that, to their credit. So I, I thought they were all right, um, but were ultimately severely punished for it, and it could have been so many more. I don't think if Celtic had won 10-11-0 in that game, yeah. it would have been all that much of a support. <laughs> it wouldn't have been flattering to Celtic, to be honest. Opened the scoring early through yeah. Mo Ellie and Usse, a goal that I missed. Um, I was with my pal going to the game. He was always late. Right. You know who we're talking about. <laughs> um, four minutes in, Ellie and Usse managed to bag a goal. Now, Melly, there's been, you in particular have predicted big things for Ellie and Usse. You yes. were excited when he came in. I sort of had my reservations a wee bit about him. I wanted to see how he would perform. But he seems to have made that position his own now, as far as Neil Lennon is concerned. Yeah, he was uh, smashing against Cluj. Then the the Livingston game, he got moved into a more central midfield position when uh, uh, Christie gets sent off. Yeah. But uh, Saturday there, he looked absolutely brilliant. Just everything about his game, working hard, quality on the ball, taking players on, getting into very, very dangerous positions time and time again. He's not worried about as soon as... Bongoli goes on the overlap, he gets in there, yeah. he's looking to create things, he's looking to link up, he's looking to get shots away, and it was a good goal, I mean, the wee flick from Edward in to McGregor, McGregor with the early pass in, and he, he commits the defender, takes him on, finds that bottom corner like we've seen so many times from Scott Sinclair, keeper no chance, great start to the game, and just settles the whole crowd down, yeah. settles everything down, and it just means we can play from there. Ross County, the longer the game would have went on at 0-0, they'd grown confidence, but to really hit them that early on just set the whole day up. Elianusi, Stephen, never played any part in Norby's two games? No, mid. no, not for, I think he was on the bench for both, yeah, yeah didn't come off the bench, um, so in a, in a sense it was nice and, nice and fresh for this, no international involvement for him, well, um, in terms of actually taking to the field. Before this, before he'd actually scored, I think it was only three and a bit minutes on the clock at this point when he scored, but he'd already had a previous chance. He hit, he got through and tamely hit it first time at the keeper, just right-footed after an absolutely brilliant piece of skill from Edward. Um, so he was he was threatening very early on. Elian said to me, is starting to look like a really shrewd and canny signing mm. from Neil Lennon because he's not... If you look at who he is, right, he's a Southampton player who's not getting a game, £16 million, you know, he's a bit expensive. You'd be tempted to look at that and think, ah, he's just become available. He's just a big name who happens to be available, you may as well get him in. But he fits absolutely perfectly. So mm. far, he fits into the team and, as you said, has made the position his own already. Sinclair, to all intents and purposes, is finished. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that anymore, but we spent a lot of time talking about that. I don't mean 
we'll never see him again. But I think as far as being a key player for Celtic goes, it, it's now over for it, Scott Sinclair. If Elianusa keeps putting in the performances he's been putting in in the last couple of games, yeah. people will just naturally stop wondering about yeah, what, but, what's happened with exactly. Scott Sinclair. But in terms of his, just, his overall performance, he works extremely hard. He links up very well. And it, it looks as if he's going to get on the end of chances now. His reputation prior to Southampton was that of a goal-scoring winger. He scored a lot of goals for Mulder and Basel, or Bal, if you prefer, <laughs> after that. But the joke about him at Southampton was that he was a goal-scoring winger who didn't score any goals or make any assists. That was the stat. £16 million, zero goals, zero assists, didn't contribute anything. But he's here and he's got three goals already. He hadn't scored a league goal for 18 months. So it, it's fallen a long way in that time but he's I don't know I feel like he's he's fit in straight after a couple of kind of shaky games yeah. at first but he now looks great a wee bit of luck with a break off Fraser in the build up mm-hmm. to the goal before he finally stuck it away but as we said about his first goal he works so hard you make your own luck in yeah. this it's it's no coincidence I think he's doing doing extremely well yeah he said uh, during the week that the one conversation when Neil Lennon was all at took he, he went into that conversation before he signed it that where was Lennon going to play him? Yeah. How were the tactics going to work? But as soon as he said Lennon spoke to him, he said, look, you're a good player. I just want to get you the confidence back. You've got everything in there. It's just about getting you on the pitch yeah. and playing confidently. He said that, that was him sold. As you said, we had plenty of plenty of chances in the first half. One that stuck out to me in particular was, if James Forrest used his left foot, I just I just saw nothing but net for, for that one. But yeah. I, again, he opted for the outside of the right foot. Now, you know, people sort of, that's a bit of a running joke, especially in this podcast about that particular technique. But I, I, just because we talk about it so much, I don't think we should take away from really how peculiar a technique oh, that is, is yeah, for, a, for a professional footballer <laughs> at his level. It's peculiar at best, extremely poor at worst. Yeah. It is really bad. I don't, I don't know why he keeps doing it. In fairness, this one was on target and yeah. worked the keeper. The keeper yeah. made a good save. It was I so can't awkward help feel, looking yeah, that, as well. I agree with you. If he'd smashed that with his left foot, it's a goal. Because it was like 90% over on his yeah. left foot and he sort of <laughs> whipped his right foot all the way around it. There was one against Livingston where he was oh. kind of at the penalty spot and he was tackled after it, but he just poked it wide with the outside <laughs> his right foot. If if someone else had done that, if like Morelos had done that, the gif would be doing the rounds yeah. for, for months afterwards. It was really bad. He wasn't the only one guilty of that. Odson Edward as well. I think two, there was two occasions in the first half where he gets into the box and takes that extra touch on his right foot instead of hitting mm. it with the left foot. He either gets blocked or he can't get the shot away. And then I was like, just hit it with your left foot. He had one just at the edge of the box then after those two where he hit it with the left foot. And again, the keeper made a great save. So yeah. these guys have got left foots. They can <laughs> use them. Please use it more. I, I remember back in the Ronnie Dyla day, we were talking about the rumour that, that John Collins had banned, mm. more or less banned, James Forrest from using the outside of his right foot and we sort of laughed it off but you can kind of see the sense in it now because it's so prevalent yeah and there's nothing that unusual about that you you do hear about managers taking strikers aside and saying right you're banned from exiting this area so it's like from the six yard box basically the channel between the halfway line and the goal line you mm. you do not move outside of like the, the six yard box um, the, the length of the pitch managers do place these limits or restraints on players quite often it just so happened that that was James Forrest well, look, James he's 28 Forrest, but he should be getting but, but I, I would look at it the other way and go look he's 28 there's almost no point discussing this now he's I, never I going to get no. a left foot now and James Forrest if he was sitting here would probably go right I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely convinced in my own ability to get it on target with the outside yeah. of my right foot but it's a wild card if you want me to swing my left foot at this because I do not know what's going to happen. He scored a good few of his left foot I know, as well, yeah, hasn't he? I remember that, the, particularly last season or the season before, he, he scored several, just shunting it on his left foot and playing it into the bottom corner. I thought, James Forrest is brilliant. This is basically just a, a wee observation. Yeah, I, like the, my, you, yeah. We're not picking fault in this game. It's just it's quite funny to see him yeah, look, struggle so badly with a certain technique <laughs> of the game but be absolutely superb at most others. <laughs> the move of the first half was the... Well, when McGregor hits the post in the end, but it was mm. just some great play. It's that quick one touch out your feet, right out wide, and the ball from El Yunusi first to, time on yeah. to see Forrest to play it first time. Absolutely uh, to see McGregor play it first time. Perfect right to him, mm. just a left footed shot off the post. That would have been one of the goals of the season yep. so far. If that had went in, it was an absolutely smashing move. All in all, though, some of the some of the skills on display in the first half for Celtic, some of the showboating yeah. was absolutely terrific. That's what you want to see when you go to Celtic Park, isn't it, Melly? Yeah, it was brilliant. There was 
the Rabona from El Yunusi. Both wingers were on form of football, getting a lot of joy down the left-hand side in the first half. Frimpong, come on to him, but a couple of loose passes in the first few minutes. Forrest wasn't quite in it as much as the left-hand side, but Bolongoli was going out in the left, out in the outside. Uh, El Yunusi was getting plenty of joy. Obviously, Edward drifts over that way, and the link-up play with Cal McGregor in over on that left-hand side as well was brilliant, so we're getting a lot of joy down there, but into the second half, it moved more over to the right-hand side, so it does make a difference having a good full-wit or three good full-backs, <laughs> and so there's more balance to the team this year. But the only worry going in at half-time at 1-0 is Ross County will still feel they're in the game when they really didn't have any chances and they should have been three or four down at least. Yeah, I mean, Ross County had one shot on target the whole game, two chances. Wasn't, they? wasn't great from their point of view. I, I want to single out one of their players as we get into the second half because it was I've never seen a guy want to be there less... Um, right. But but we'll, we'll I'll, I'll I'll leave you on that cliffhanger until we we actually get to talk about. Him. Um, second half kicked off. Just want to say, having watched this game back on Celtic TV, you know, there was a lovely little segment at half time during the coverage of uh, Armstrong Ogoflex. Oh, right. Just being asked just general questions, favorite or first football memory, that kind of thing. And then he was asked um, whether he likes pineapple on a pizza. And he looked at the interviewer as if he'd been asked if he likes hair on chips or something. <laughs> like that. He was absolutely appalled as if he'd never heard of such a thing. Had maybe he'd never heard no, of it. No, I don't think he had. Do you like pineapple on a pizza? No, absolutely not. Do no. you not? Do you want to do you want to lose us several thousand listeners by telling the the people out there in twenty minute terms on what you do to pizzas? What, what my favourite pished pished snack yes. is? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you right now, I get a a ham and pineapple pizza. <laughs> so I do like pineapple on it. What's next? I put ketchup on it. Oh my <laughs> good God. It's, it's Goodbye, <laughs> listeners. It's been nice over the last few years. <laughs> it's, it's delicious. Um, another thing that was delicious, odds on Edward. Oh yeah. Scored within a, was it, within a minute? We scored three goals in five minutes? Yeah, four and ten? So Pretty much exactly a minute on the clock in the second half before it hit the net. Now this was a bit of a, a, bit of a calamity. <laughs> the defending for this was something else now was it Watson Keith Watson yeah, yeah Keith Watson who tried to head the ball despite the fact it was pretty much on the ground <laughs> very <laughs> similar to what we've seen um, the best right back in the country do this weekend <laughs> as well right, yeah. I don't know Tav must, Tav must have watched that on telly and went I'm going to try that tomorrow <laughs> yeah he tried to head the ball as it was more or less on the ground and uh, went underneath him see if anything his header such as it was six inches off the ground actually controlled it yeah. For, for Edward, the, yeah. the ball just sort of had a nice wee like, top spin onto Didn't right in Edward. No, just right in Edward's path, and, and he just stuck it in as the as the keeper looked bewildered as to what was going on around about him. I think it was Julian who, pro- who yeah. played the ball forward for that. Yeah, it wasn't the best ball through, but there was one guy you don't want the ball dropping to his odds in Edward, no. especially with the form he he's been on in, over the international break. And look, getting that second goal straight after half time really kills it as a tie, and it go and get the other goals, but. Neil Lennon said after the match, he put a challenge down to them. Do you want to be a nice team or do you want to be ruthless? You should be winning this game more comfortably. So you can either go out there and be a bit worried about the score or you can go out there and be clinical. And that's exactly what they've done. And this is what we need to be this season. There was a couple of times recently where we'd wondered if you know Celtic had come out for the second half and things seemed to get worse yeah. a couple of times. So that, I mean, this was clearly, Lennon did it absolutely spot on at halftime. Uh, do you either be nice or ruthless? To me, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> it was raining goals yeah. um, at the beginning of the first half. I said, next up, Callum McGregor, Edward Turn provider on this occasion. Lovely through ball, isn't it? Just a nice, lovely weighted through ball. McGregor running from deep. I, th- I don't know what happened in the midfield, but somebody let him go. The centre-backs were too preoccupied trying to worry about Edward. Sorts him in and... No, not the best finish. It's the keeper. Maybe hmm. could have done a bit better. Goes through him, but in the back of the net, wonderful. I took McGregor for a goal on our Patreon preview as well. Yep. Took McGregor for a goal. Edward Hattrick and Julian. Oh, uh, you went for t- five, didn't you? Go, I went for five nil. Yeah, and I was you know, furious when well, Julian had one cleared off. I know. He was one of the ones cleared <laughs> off. Do you know who I took for a goal? No joke, ball and goalie. Really? Aye. Aye. Well, that, that shot was netbound. <laughs> that shot was netbound. <laughs> McGregor's first goal for a while, actually. I, I looked back, he's not scored since the 25th of August. Um, 14 mm. games for club and country since then, which I was actually quite surprised about. Mm. I feel like he's scored more recent than that. Do, 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 do. What was the fourth one? 
Edward. 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 Yeah. Edward. See, this is why I said we should maybe branch into other things. Like, right, because we're, we're, getting a bit, we're getting a bit this goal, this goal, this Aye. goal. Aye. We never used to do this in the podcast. This is where it turns in to Frimmy's show. <laughs> Jeremy Fringpong <laughs> came into this game in the second half and he was absolutely flying. As soon as his half started, he was getting down there time and time again. Turning Richard Foster inside yeah. out, it was delicious, and it, absolutely and, and, great to watch. And we arrive at the point that I want to <laughs> discuss okay. here, because you're right, he gave Ricky Foster an absolute hell of a time. Couldn't happen to a horrible hun. And if and it's from that point on, I'd, it's funny we've got the group chat, I'd said to my mate that was with, I was like, Ricky Foster doesn't want to be here, no. and then we put in the group chat, he's just wasting time. See, from, see after he got roasted about... Two or three times. Every time he got the ball, he would just pass it to the nearest person to him, take it. He just, he, Ricky Foster did not want to be on that yeah. football pitch. He was getting terrorised. It was he and Gardine down that left hand side. There two, two more pretty seasoned, yeah, like, experienced footballers of Scottish football. experienced yeah, that team. Stalwarts of Scottish football of the last 10 years or so, or even beyond. And they just couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle Frimpong at all. It just, it just shows you that it's, you know experience only takes you so far if you've got a guy who's three times the speed of your yes. skill coming <laughs> up against you. Uh, Frimpong, um, obviously we'll talk about him because he, he set up for a school, but the boy, he's, he's just a star. He's an oh, absolute hi. star of a football. And this is kind of what I was I meant when I, I kind of urged everyone to just let, let just see how it plays out. See when everybody was like, oh, "What are we signing projects for?" Like at the end of the transfer window, everybody was like, "We're signing this like nobody for months." I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this guy quite soon because he's Celtic are signing him with the idea of putting a couple of finishing touches. They're not going to be like throwing together a footballer, mm. and we're not going to see him for ages. This guy is a highly rated young player, and I think it's a bit of a coup of get him. Never mind just picking up somebody's riffraff from Man City. If you remember back to the scouting podcast we done, who was absolutely giddy? Cock up, yeah, I of <laughs> Mister Frimpong coming yeah, in. Correct, yeah. Yes, so we had Ilyanusi on one side, one of my boys, another one Frimpong. And my other boy, we we, we got we appearance. Can, can we just say so? I know it's, <laughs> that's a lot of boys, isn't it? It is a lot of boys, 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 boys. The whole point was of the boys, Melly. That you allowed one. You picked, you picked everybody. Everybody's yeah. your boy. <laughs> well, Shred was at the end of last season. I sort of picked that. Have you dropped then, him like a hot totty now? It, it was Frimpong, and then when Elianusi came in, I didn't know Frimpong would start a lot, but he's absolutely flying now. He, he go, just kept going down there at that side. His pace, he could pace the burn. He lays, he lays this one back to Forrest and crosses it. Edward gets the header and Fontaine's on the, the line trying to stop it. Some places were giving it as a Fontaine OG strange. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. I think it could be construed as an OG because despite the fact the header was on target, the keeper diverted it and then Fontaine has sort of played it off himself. He's like taking two touches, his first away from goal and then the second back into the net, <laughs> all in the space of one movement. So I think technically it could be an OG, but it doesn't matter. The header was perfectly on target. Just on the right-back situation, I put a tweet up on our Twitter account at 20 Minute Tims. I said, this time last year, we were worried about the right-back position. Now we've got three who look all more than capable but who is your favourite so far? <laughs> so Frimpong, Bauer and El Hamed. I really feel sorry for Bauer here. <laughs> only 2%. Really? So he's only 2% of people as your favourite. But El Hamed, run away with it. 76% of the vote El Hamed got as a favourite right yeah. back. I'm going to ask you guys the same question. Now that we've all had a right good look at, at somebody, who are you picking? Who are you picking your first choice? Uh, well, first choice. First yeah. choice and favourite are slightly different things, I suppose. Okay, give yeah. me your first choice, then your favourite. First choice, I still think El Hamid. Picking a game, picking a team rather, against Lazio, which we'll talk about a wee bit later, I would still want El Hamid in there, just for the whole, the whole all-round package, really. But Frimpong is fast making a play to be everybody's favourite, yeah. all the Celtic fans' favourite, because... As I started talking about there, the guy's just a star in the making already. It's, he combines the speed and skill with a huge personality already and it, it just seems to have a huge amount of enthusiasm and I think he's the exact type of full package to get the fans right behind him. Melly, who's your who's your first choice and who's your favourite? Same as Stephen, El Hamid and Frimpong. What you don't see maybe uh, in some of the replays is when Frimpong lays it back to Forrest and he crosses it. Edward obviously scores. Frimpong celebrates having like 
a secondary assistant. A secondary assistant playing a part in the goal. He's jumping about. He really celebrated his own assist. He was oh, absolutely buzzing. We'll get onto that one as well. But you could see his wee face light up. He was hugging Forrest and he went over to Edward. He was absolutely loving the fact that he had played a part in it. And I said it on the, like the match. It's just. I was smiling watching him smile playing football because the whole game, even when he gets his assist as well, he was absolutely celebrated again more than the guy that scored. Forrest went to congratulate him rather than the other way about. And then later on in the game, Scott Brown and him are having wee jokes on the pitch because he's up and down. I thought his lungs were going to explode. He was running that much. <laughs> and he, there was a point where the ball goes over to the back post. It's going out of play and he manages to run over back heel it keep it in run off the pitch slip I, fall I get that. back up and run on and get the ball the, the guy's enthusiasm was absolutely brilliant and it just it's a poor, pleasure to watch poor Moritz <laughs> when we're talking about Frimpong I'm conscious of the fact that we had a very similar discussion to this about Karamoko Dembele not so long ago when he played yeah. he came in and played they looked great against Hearts I think that was Um but I feel this is slightly different, and it he's is, more complete as a yeah, player, isn't he? I would say that he's, he's slightly further on in his development than than Dembele is, and I just I, I go back to that comment from Neil Lennon before the game. Just I just wonder why I'm holding him back, and I just I, I don't know that for some reason I may be making too much of that. I just really enjoyed that comment, Phil. Do you think uh, just looking at Frimpong, looking at his game, and especially in this game when I was watching him, I was thinking, you know. If James Forrest ever picks up an injury, having him play more advanced, more up the pitch, just concentrating on that attacking side might not be the worst thing. Not against it, no, definitely no. not. Get them all on. Get the three of them on. <laughs> the centre back, bit of a right back, Frimpong, right mid. Um, I thought Frimpong was the been in my shout for man of the match. For me, I was would have been for me. I voted on my man of the match, but that went to Edouard, who although he was denied his brace, Monsieur Doublet, as the, the French fans have called him because he keeps yeah. scoring two goals. Um, I thought some of his link-up play was absolutely outstanding and especially in that national break there, Melly, he's just carried that form right in. Yeah, we, we didn't score in the previous couple of games for Celtic, but comes back with a bang, what, five goals in two games where he was on international yeah. break, two goals and a hat-trick. We were all in the group chat, like, please stop, just stop scoring, come <laughs> on. Settle down, you. See when the Celtic official Twitter account are putting these goals, I'm like, stop that, who's, who's this for? for? <laughs> Jinx. I'm like, I'm like, who is this for? Stop I see the, the usual detractors are out there saying like things like, well, I'd be more impressed if he scored against Hibs and Livingston. Because that's harder to do. It's got the hat trick. That's how impressed impressiveness works. Yeah, you, te- you tend to be more impressed if he does it against a, a professional team rather than Azerbaijan under twenty ones. But why are you taking this away from him for no reason? Leave the boy alone. <laughs> it was brilliant. His all round play was great, and once we got that, the lead it was like. Get him off. He's get him I, off. And, and if, actually, for a change, I was very, very pleased with what Neil Lennon yeah. done. Yeah. He, he, subbed him, he subbed him and brought on Bio. Yeah, he brought Bio on. He also gave Cal McGregor a much deserved rest as well, got beat on some game time, and then we finally got his sweet shed, make his debut at Celtic Park. So. Finally answering Melly's question from ages ago Where's your shed at? Yep. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there glad, he was. Gl- he glad, came, glad we got that one in. <laughs> he came on for Forrest uh, on the right hand side, so it was three players. Like, before this game, I was like, see if he can get a decent win, no injuries, and rest a couple of players up before that. So it all went, we all went right to plan. We did see Schved come on, Melly. As you say, he came on for the James Forrest, who, before going off, Stephen, got himself on the score sheet also. Yeah, that's correct. Um, his eighth goal of the season. And that wee um, guy again, Frimpong, absolutely skinned Michael Gardine. <laughs> it was, that was just a case of he didn't know how to deal with that. He's just, he's just too old. He's, yeah, he's just too old and Frimpong's too fast and clever. It's, you, there's only so much you can do to mitigate that yeah. and he doesn't have it. And you're already 4-0 down. Yeah, so, exactly. so you're not really <laughs> busting. If it was maybe, if it was 1-1 or 0-0, maybe right. he's busting I got to get with Frimpong. But you've seen this wee guy, Melly Lever, like a, a Looney Tunes trail of fire goes by him. <laughs> yeah. over, like it back was, to the future. He was brilliant and he brought out he brought out the best in Forrest as well. Uh, Forrest came right into the second half. I don't know, it just seemed to be down the left-hand side the first half, down the right-hand side the second half. We are just tearing them apart. And look, the team looks a lot better. Having a fullback that can get forward with pace yeah. makes such a massive difference in these home games against opposition that are going to sit in. And the link-up play then went from right around the edge of the box. I thought Rogic 
it's difficult to say disappointing with Andy that started the game, but he came into it a bit more in the second half. He was he was wasn't anonymous the first half, but he just couldn't. A couple quite of nice touches it. here and there. I thought he was alright. Yeah. Second half, he came into it a bit more. He was linking up. We were getting down that right hand side, and we just looked like we could score pretty much at will at that point. See Frimpong's cut back for Forrest. Um, again, perfect. It goes without saying he, he picked the right pass there. But the thing is, see the strength of his performance in that second half. See, even if he'd got forward, beat Gardine, got to the byline and just smashed it across, just got it into a dangerous area, the crowd would have applauded yeah. anyway. But he's still got the presence of mind to pick out the exact perfect pass without he's getting... always him, looking up. Yeah, exactly. Without getting carried away, without getting the adrenaline rush of, oh, I've just beat a guy and everybody's like cheering and all that. He picks out the perfect pass. As yeah. I say, the, he's already get goodwill with the crowd. Even if he'd made a mess of the cross, everybody would have applauded him anyway, but he still manages to pick the the only and perfect pass for it. And long may this goodwill continue. Yeah. <laughs> Elianusi managed to bookend a performance with another goal. Yeah. I thought um, I thought if he left that, I thought bowling goalie was on for a... I thought that was goal-bound. <laughs> no, you're not having it. Nah, no chance. Uh, we'll generously give him an assist for, for that bowling goalie, making it actually... <sighs> Three different defenders with assists in the one game, which yeah. must be quite rare. Um, a wee bit of luck on that. It was a terrible shot, and uh, Elginusi was just there to tidy it up and clip it in. So yeah. he's getting in the right areas. So is Bowling Goalie, in fairness. It's, it's only that he's in the right attacking frame of mind that he was there in the first place. Did sclaff the shot, but it didn't matter because Elginusi preempted it. Both fullbacks getting forward as well. The ball comes yeah, off from the right hand side. Bowling goalie. He had one just before that where he could have been slipped in, but hmm. oh, you'd love to see him score his first <laughs> goal just to see what sort of celebration he'd do. But that wasn't really net bound. But Elginusi, as I said, if bowling goalie's going on the outside, he gets himself into a position where he's dangerous and he can just he just taps it past the keeper six 0 And at that point. You're absolutely loving it because everything's going perfect for Celtic. Every single player that was on the pitch was doing a job and the ones that went off had run their race as well. It was just, a, as Lennon said after the game, a complete performance. Yeah. All you were looking for was maybe one or two bits more from Tom Rogic, Tom Rogic yeah. and maybe a bit more from Shred when he came on. I want, I, I want to talk about Tom Rogic. How do you feel? He stayed on for the full 90 minutes, yeah, wh- yeah. which is a rarity for which Tom. Which is something in itself. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit of a rarity for Tom Rogic, but I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe his best Celtic days might be behind him. It, it seems like he's a bit of a... There's a new either coming in. Lennon, Neil Lennon plays a different way. More aggressive, more direct, more fast-paced. Players like Frimpong and Elianusi. Neil Lennon plays a different way. What are you talking about? Scott Brown, Tom Rogic and Neobiton in midfield. That's Lennon Mark 1 all right there. <laughs> it might be Lennon Mark 1, but I think Tom Rogic, as he was, as we saw under Brendan Rodgers, uh, that looks a million miles away to me. Well, it's his first game of the season, to be fair. That's it's a long time since hmm. he's last played a game, long time since he's done ninety minutes. So when uh, when's he away again? We discussed this before, didn't we? He's got the because he always kinda of struggles not having a full pre season and I think we're looking at that again, aren't we? Yeah, I think he might be away with the Olympics, depending on form yeah. if he gets picked, but in all likelihood he will. Look, I thought he was okay, but uh, I'd expect a wee bit more from him. But that's his first game back. He's just getting into it the ninety minutes. I was going to say we'll do him the world of good it, it probably near kills Tom Rogic but yeah. he'll be, he, he should be better for it Jamie when you say his best Celtic days are behind him that's, that doesn't mean I'm not putting words in your mouth but you don't you necessarily <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't necessarily mean that he's finished as a footballer no, I just that mean, could mean a lot of things if he was if you were to tell me that his peak for Celtic was the invincible season and then the double treble it's not bad is it <laughs> you know, no no it's yeah. not bad but what I'm saying is I kind of look at the way Neil Lennon's shaping this team up and then I know, as you say, Melly, that was his first game back, but if I'm being honest, I feel like the game maybe almost passed them by, which is a bizarre thing to say in a 6-0 win, you know, but it's, if we were struggling in that game, if it was 1-0 late on, you'd be looking at Tom Rogic going, I know it's all ifs and buts, but what has your contribution really been the day? I think he was quite lucky that the team were doing so well. For the record, I think I do mostly agree with you. I think that it's very similar to what I said with Scott Sinclair earlier. It's not that he won't ever contribute again. It's just maybe that he's not the he's not the force he once was. And I don't mean again as a footballer. I just mean as a contributor for Celtic. If you were to pick a team going into a big game 
you would think twice about Rogers these days, whereas under Brendan Rogers you probably wouldn't. You would probably have him one of the first names on the team sheet, whereas you would be like, well, you can't leave out Christie, you can't leave out Brown, you can't leave out McGregor. So yeah. does that argument now? Again, I don't want us to come across like we're talking as if he's finished as a footballer, not at all. It's just that I'd really like to, I'd love to see him back contributing in a really meaningful way. Well, and that might come just to just to round off there. That might come. I think it will because this is a long season. There's going to be a lot of times where we're going to need players coming in and out. And as we know, Ryan Christie suspended for the next couple of games. Yeah. So yeah. Tom Rogic is probably ahead of in Cham now. And mm. what does Tom Rogic love? A goal against Aberdeen. <laughs> and who have we coming got up, next? Yep. <laughs> um, Two other subs came on, both of them arrived at the club at the same time in the same window. One obviously stayed at the club to do his development here, and that was Vacuum Bio, although we came to. We've just dropped the Vacuum now, it's just Bio now. Uh, And Marijn Shvedwin obviously went back to Ukraine to continue his development at his own club. That being said, we're now 10 months on from both those guys joining the club. How do you think their development has worked out, Stephen? Shved, I've absolutely no idea. Shved, as we talked about, is back in for the first time since July. Now, he played in that game away to Nomi Kalyu, I think he came on and, yeah. and scored in not the Celtic strip. So it was, it was maybe going to be the the subject of oh, a pub, a pub quiz question right. in years to come. He scored in the training top. That's the, right. The I completely anomaly. forgot <laughs> that. We forgot the strips or something or ended up in the training top. So I don't know with him. He's, his development has stalled a bit. Whether it's to be believed that he just wasn't impressed in training. His attitude was questioned. I don't know, but it seems to have turned that around at least. Yeah. To get back in the good books and to get back on the bench and back on the pitch means you have to have had, have impressed in some way. So he's a different case to Bio. Bio is playing semi regular now. He's had a couple of starts as well. I, I don't. I just don't know with Bio. I think he's either really good and extremely unlucky. Because mm. as we joked about recently, it, barely anything has gone right for the guy, and including being sent off for no reason, having his debut cancelled, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But at the same time, he's either very good and unlucky, or he's no good enough, and I can't decide which yet. I've decided, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> the chance Bio had um, when he's when he's more or less clean through in the keeper. Yep. Any other striker at the club? Any? I mean. You could pick any name really on the team sheet. If that fell to McGregor, Elianusi, Forrest, you know, Rogic, Lee Griffiths, Edward, obviously, that, that's in the back of the net, isn't it? And you're looking at Bio going, that's the sort of chance that you need to be putting away. Yeah, we discussed it in the Melee match. I just never got the feeling he was in control. I yeah. never got the feeling when he was going through a lot of matter of settings. He showed good pace to get through it, to be fair, but it was a great ball by. Tom Rogic actually is an absolute smashing ball through outside of the foot yeah yep. after us having a go at Forrest for it hypocrite warning yep. <laughs> having a go at Rogic as well and there he is <laughs> but, uh, it was a great ball through but I just never had never got the feeling that he was in control that he was going to bury it you've actually put your finger on something there which is when I when I jokingly said everything good he does seems to be like an accident <laughs> like that, that's basically yeah. the flip side of what you're saying there because he he never seems to be a player that's entirely in control of the ball, making con- not he obviously is making conscious decisions, but there's just something lacking. He looks, Stephen, you had a conversation, um, we need to understand what a project is, and you used Frimpong as an example, saying yeah. Frimpong isn't someone who's barely a footballer that we're trying to create into yeah. a footballer, he's not a project. Whereas I think Bio sort of typifies the, the project type thing, which is ironic because he never arrived with the project Tag. No, nobody can. Nobody thought he was a project, but and that was another point I'd made. It, it's mainly based on age. People just say well, eighteen is a project, yeah. whereas Bio twenty three fully fully developed player. It doesn't always work out with that. Whereas I'm looking at Bio now, going, you know, he's I'm getting project vibes off him. I've mm. sort of compared them to the the Baldies and the Bangouras, and just <laughs> you're laughing, but but you better throw in Killen there as well, just I'm to balance out. We, we, we don't want cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Chris Killen. But like it's just another game where where Bios really failed to impress. Um, it was a good, ch- it was a great chance as well. Six 0 up, clean through against Ross County. Just the keeper was backing off and being indecisive. All he had to do was slot it either side, but his touch sort of was a bit too heavy, which meant he kicked too close to the keeper. He just, I, I'm not sure on him either. I, if I'm honest, I don't think he'll be the, the player. But the only way we're going to know for sure is if he gets a run of games and he gets scoring. But Neither of them look likely right now no. because Edward, it's going to be so hard to displace him unless he does get an injury and, and he's on too good. And form. that's the reason why I'm I'm not harping on about Bio because I've, I've I'm you know singling him out. The reason 
the, the causes for, for concern for me is it's because if Edward does get injured, then this guy is going to be yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 he's our second choice striker and God forbid anything happens to Edward he catches an injury pulls up misses a couple of games that you know Bayer's going to be leading the line for Celtic and it's just it makes me nervous and that's why it is a worthy topic of conversation yeah. we don't want to like put a, a downer on what was an a incredibly impressive performance for Celtic that's not what we're trying to do we're just sort of predicting how it might go for Bayo if he you know God forbid has to replace Edward for six, seven, eight weeks or whatever I just wonder if he's just trying too hard now. He maybe feels the the pressure a wee bit. Uh, how he's not really, he's not really done an awful lot. He has got that first goal, but he's maybe not impressed in the way he would prefer. And he's mm. snatching at things. He's he's getting chances, and he's either swiping at it, or he's falling over, or he's just he's taking a poor touch with that that Rogic one. I just wonder if it's maybe just getting on top of him, and he just needs maybe. a wee confidence boost. Because However, I. I'm now conscious of the fact that two episodes in a row now have been complimentary of El Yunusi for making his own luck. Meanwhile, I'm saying by all, ah, he's just unlucky. So I'm basically I'm being a complete like a hypocrite there. Yeah. I'm, I'm directly contradicting myself there. Is um, that your advice for him then? Yeah, be, be lucky. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be luckier, Bio. That, that's my advice. If you take anything away from this episode, be a bit luckier. I mean, you do, you do look to the reserves and ranking at the reserves on a, on Patreon, sort of singled them out. But, you know, you wonder how far away someone like Afolabi is. Yeah. Um, obviously, development maybe pushed back a wee bit, get injured during the international break there. But, you know, he might be looking at the situation going, you know, there's a place on the bench for me if I can get my act together. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So that was me dis- disappointed in, in Bio's contribution. Um, Sved Melly, previously one of your guys. Um, he should really be our mascot, number 20. He should be our <laughs> yeah, podcast. Right, yeah. he, he should be our podcast mascot. Um, how do you think he got on? Not very well, to be honest. Uh, I didn't notice it at first, but the game uh, Tony I was with said Scott Brown is on at him. So I, mm. I watched and Scott Brown, a little bit five six nil up at the time. He was having a go at Shred because the lack of intensity he showed. He just he wasn't pressing. He wasn't harrying. And you're coming on five six, uh, six nil up your home debut, you should be willing to impress you, should be thinking, I could get a goal here. Especially but, after Neil Lennon's comments, when Neil Lennon publicly criticised him yeah. for the same thing. And maybe we can see, maybe it's just putting two and two together, but you can see why he's not been in the squad recently. But that is a good chance to come on and press, really show the fans what you're capable of, because all we've seen from him is that good goal, which gets us all, got us all hyped up for a bit. Yeah. But uh, seen absolutely nothing since then, and if... You look at the other side, El Yunusi working so hard and he works that hard that he's making his own luck, as you said, Stephen. Well, uh, Shved could really do that and Scott Brown did not stand for it. Two or three times he was on at him, telling him, waving the arms, getting the intensity up, telling him to press, yeah. telling him to try and get into it. And it just, it just looked a bit lazy, to mm. be honest. Well, that's that's the thing. You make a good point because you compare them to other players. You're just you're not going to last at Celtic if, if that is your, your no, approach. If, if because Scott Brown won't stand for it. He didn't. Yeah. If, even if he is an, an extremely skillful and dangerous player, you know, so what? Like, so is Ryan Christie, so is Callum McGregor. We've got, got a million all, wingers, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all these guys, the, the key difference is, El Yunusi especially, they all work their asses off. Yeah. It's not a case of just get me the ball and I'll make something happen. That's just simply not the way they operate. So, Schwed's Certainly won't get away with that either. As you as you said before, Stephen, that's the bare minimum. A hundred percent is the bare minimum. It's why Johnny Hayes probably plays a lot because yeah. he, he gives Absolutely. everything he has. Shred just wasn't doing it. Like it was only a wee ten minute was it ten, fifteen minute 15, cameo. Yeah. But, but even to, still to like, have your captain having a go at you more than once and it not to register it's a bit worrying. So that capped off quite a good weekend of domestic football, Celtic, sure pumping Ross County. Six, are they nicknamed the Staggies? Or have I made that up? Yes. Yeah, is it? Right, yeah. I thought so. I pumped the Staggies 6-0. It is rotting season. It's true. All right. I knew it was something chuchtery. Uh, it's, sure. it's rotting season. Um, <laughs> Rangers, on the other hand, managed to go away to... Heart of Midlothian Now we spoke about this A couple of weeks ago And we did not think Hearts would do no. A single thing Against God Rangers no. Because Hearts Prior to that game I think they'd won One and eight <laughs> An absolutely Dismal performance From Hearts In the league As of late But Rangers managed To horlicks it up um, And dropped a couple Of points there So Celtic Back on top Is it in terms of goals for, I think yes, it is, yeah, because yeah, it's the same goal difference as far as I remember. Yeah, and goals for, I think it's one extra goal. Yeah, I, I, I just 
I can barely handle this. This is unusual for Celtic. It really is. I can barely handle the tension of this because all through that game, I'm just like, Rangers are definitely going to score here because hearts mm. are garbage. Uh, didn't happen. I'll look that, at the table. It's, it literally couldn't be any closer because if it was any closer, it would be level. So it's, it's Celtic couldn't be any tighter at, on, at the top there. Rangers have got a couple of difficult games coming up though. You know, they've not. Is that the first time they've played away at home? To, you you pulled up on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Melee. Yeah, first time I went home for anyone that finished in top six last yeah, year. Yeah, last year and come December time. I think if both teams get the cup final, Celtic have got six out of eight at home. I might be wrong on that. And obviously Rangers have six out of eight away. So I'd like a wee lead built up before that wee game. It's funny just how the fixture computer does that. Until it just gives <laughs> them lots and lots of home games at the beginning of the season. I don't, I don't really random. I don't really want to focus on them too much. But Stephen Gerrard simply has to get better at dropping points as well. The guy just has a complete meltdown every time they drop the slightest points. I know Neil Lennon in the past has been quite similar to that as well. Quite happily go out and throw Hibs under the bush every time they drop points when he was there. But even when Celtic were in slightly poor form before the break there, he was he was fairly yeah. sensible yeah. about the whole thing. Maybe it's just the, yeah, what the old Stevie head. What does Stevie G do? Oh, he just, he just throw them under the bus again. It's just the usual. Uh, it's just the usual, just greeting about everything that, that happens. They're at the gallery. Yeah. They're just playing the totally Rangers right. fans like an absolute couple of wee puppets. Yeah. Little slugs. <laughs> like a flute. Doesn't know how to win leagues, but he's no use to this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We wave goodbye to domestic football and we wave ciao... Ciao? We wave ciao to Lazio as they arrive in the east end of Glasgow for another Europa League game. Now, Melly, I'm going to turn to you as our Italian football correspondent. For weeks you have confidently been saying Lazio or Pish. No. Now, there's, there's, there's people tweeting us. <laughs> there are, there's people tweeting us now yeah. saying Lazio or Pish. We were watching Lazio results come in at the weekend there. Stephen, you put in the group chat yeah. Lazio were losing 3 0. And, and I'm all yeah. around everyone going, Check this, Lazio were rubbish. Melly's saying no. they're rubbish. And then by the time I got out of the game, yeah, they'd managed to claw three goals back. <laughs> so, Melly, what's your opinion on Lazio? Didn't say they're pish for a start. <laughs> what did Put you say? words in my mouth. I just said they're maybe not as good as... The name suggests. The, yeah, yeah, the name suggests. Ah, the right. history suggests. They only got into Europe through the back door because AC Milan couldn't get into Europe, so they were the next team down. They, they just... They're very, very inconsistent. Mm. Like the the game at the weekend shows that that they can be terrible if they want, but they can also be good. And I just, I just feel well, it's going to be a difficult game. I'm not saying in any way Celtic are going to turn up and absolutely batter them. If, if Celtic win, it'd be an absolute great result. But I'm just not sure that the the force they once were. Yeah, currently seventh in the league in Serie A, which is no shame really. It's obviously a very strong league, but they're not. They're not quite the, well, they are the huge name, but they're not the team that the huge name suggests. I, I do agree with Melly. They've obviously still got some cracking players. They've got Chiro Immobile up yes. front, who is the, currently the top scorer. Journeyman, striker Serie, there. Yeah. Um, he, as Melly alluded to, very inconsistent. The result of the, end, the weekend, as we said, three each. 3 0 down at half time, but then proving their reputations as the Huns of Rome. They got two two penalties to, to glob back in. Um, and Immobile scored both of those penalties. It was a weird game. The goals he conceded were... Shambolic. Comical, yeah. The, the first one was a, it was a good move from Atalanta, who are a good team, in fairness to them. They cut them open with a nice move. Didn't defend it very well. They were just opened up by a kind of inside, inside left ball and a, a dead easy finish. But the second one was a... A tavernier style free kick, a poor man's tavernier. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and that's another thing I don't say lightly. A poor man's tavernier. <laughs> the reason I say that is because tavernier obviously caused problems against Celtic before scoring directly from a free kick from the from the left wing. But this one was up like a really crap version of that. It went in about hip height, and everyone just left it, and it went in the far bottom corner. Third one was even more shambolic. They stopped thinking a free kick was going to be given so the midfielder just held on to it for ages until he was just dispossessed and then they ran straight through and scored it was it was a really comical half of football for them to go 3-0 down and then obviously they came back uh, in the second half but I think they can be got at Immobile is obviously their top scorer top scorer in the league they've also got the best assist creator in the league as well with Luis Alberto mm-hmm. Spaniard so they Former do have Liverpool. oh yeah they've, 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 they've got very very dangerous players of course the centre half, a Serbi, is a top of the charts in Serie A for percentage of defensive duels won mm. with seventy eight point eight five. So there are no mugs in defence either, or certainly Ser- a Serbi isn't. He tends to play in the middle of a back three, typically right. a three five two, with Immobile up front, 
backed up by Korea, the Argentinian. Korea's usually slightly withdrawn. He's all kind of more skillful. Joaquin Korea. Yeah, that's do you the know, one. Uh, do you know Korea is Spanish for clown? Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> John Clown. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Another big name Stephen have got with them is uh, Milinkovic Savic. Yeah, um, a big player for them, a big player for Serbia as well. He was maybe one of the disappointments of the last World Cup. I think everyone, I think maybe even you, Melly, had talked to him up prior to the tournament. Because I knew I'd heard this name before. That is is why I'd heard his name so much. Yeah, that was it. Wait, did you not put a bet on Serbia to win the World Cup? I, no. I stuck them on as some kind of dark horse. Did you? Uh, or right, or right. not to win it, I think, that to get to the semis or whatever it was right. now. Obviously, it's all coming it. back yeah. to me now. <laughs> so Milinkovic Savic, yeah, he's a he's a, a key player. But in fairness to them, he is their worst player in terms of ball possession loss. However, that's probably down to the fact that he is also their best player in terms of playing through passes. So right. he's one of those ones. I've, I've made the, the comparison before. There was a... A stat doing the rounds about Kevin De Bruyne a couple of seasons ago where he gave the ball away like an abnormal amount, but it was also fine because that stat is just taken in isolation and taken slightly out of context. The reason he gives the ball away quite often is because he makes everything happen. He's always he's trying to open up defences. So Adamad is it's the same same with Milinkovic Savage. That's why he gives the ball away so much is because he's he's trying to open us up. It sounds like they've got a couple of players in there, Melly, that could cause Celtic some damage. You're Neil Lennon. How are you lining up to combat this? Yeah, they do. I'm looking forward to see Milinkovic Savage, see what he's like in the flesh. And look, maybe I don't. Big think... lad, didn't he? He's a yeah, big, he's a big, big boy, toy. big boy, big name. And he... <laughs> he is a big name. I'm obviously looking forward to seeing them. I like their strip and all that. It's quite a nice. Blue. Oh, that's not the royal <sighs> stuff, but that's it's not the royal stuff. Really. And uh, it's just one of those teams you always used to watch when you were younger because of the football Italia. But I think. They're not as good as they once were, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be very, very difficult for yeah, Celtic. Exactly. And they're not going to have to be on top form. We're going to need another performance. Neil Lennon said that was a complete, as complete a performance as he's had since he came back and possibly in his whole time at Celtic. I think we're going to need to possibly raise the game a wee bit yeah. more for this one. I think the only changes will be Christie will come in for Rogic and El Hamid will come in for Fringpong because he ain't in the squad. No, of course, yeah. No, I can't disagree. I think those are the the two key differences that are, that are going to be. Christie must come back in. I think Chris, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Only suspended for domestic competition, of course. Uh, I think that's an easy one. El Hamid as well. I think yeah. El Hamid, I, I said earlier, if I'm picking a team for Lazio, El Hamid is straight in there. Because, Even if Frimpong was available, I'd probably yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think El Hamid is is cut out for this for for European competition. Um they've got big physical players like mentioned Malinkovic Savage, but they've also got just really dangerous players and you need as much as I, I've just said earlier that experience kinda of cope with guys like who are so fast, like you, we're going to need that against yeah, I'm a, against some canny operators. Interested yeah. to see how Scott Brown gets on yeah, in this yeah. game. Uh, another big game for him. This is the pick of the ties for me as far as the Europa League goes. Yep. Glamour-wise, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible fans as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, we, said, are we going to call it the, the Canio Derby? <laughs> I suppose we could, yeah. I, I, it, yeah, obviously they're fans. Horrible, yep. racist, violent Nazis. Yep, Love, lovely him. crowd. Looking forward to getting them to Celtic A Park. great bunch of lads. Uh, <laughs> third season in a row, of course, Stephen, for Neil Lennon facing Italian competition in Europe. Um, it feels a bit weird saying in a row because it was five years in between the things. But still yeah. counts, still <laughs> counts. Um, notable ties, Udinese... Udinese was in the Europa League, wasn't it? Yeah, right, um, and another mention for the guy. That's when uh, Bangura made his first start uh, at was home. It? At home to Udinese, yeah, that was uh, that was Lennon's striking McKillen in Europe, yeah. was it? His striking McKillen moment against Benfica. Yeah, he he played that game. It was one-one draw, both legs. Is that correct? Yeah, oh. home was one-one. Uh, it was about the. A fair result, but it was just a sore one to concede yeah. late. I think it was key that opened the scoring with a penalty after about three minutes. But listen to this back five. Zaluska, oh. Matthews, fair enough, right? Mistorovic, Mogru as a centre-back pairing. And Ledley at left-back. Oh. Mark Wilson came on for him later on, but listen to this bench. Forster, weirdly, is on the bench. Wilson, I've already mentioned. Glenn Lovins, Twardzik. Paddy McCourt, Samaras and Stokes. Game changers. Ouch, yeah. <laughs> that was a, we ended up drawing 1-1 one, one with them away from home, so we didn't, that was, yeah. we didn't get through to the last 32 of the Europa League as it was then. Why is that away game against Udinese notable for Celtic though? Oh, I don't know. 
It was the one where the fans had the fuck you oh, yeah. banner. <laughs> right. <laughs> God, is that how long ago that Aye, was? That does this not long ago? Um, other notable ties against the Italian opposition for Neil Lennon? The very next year with yeah. Juventus after right. um, getting through that, that group, uh, the, the Barcelona group. The FA game? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. FA was brought back from international duty or something. Cup of Nations, yeah. straight off the <laughs> plane so onto was. the pitch. Oh. Basically, it ruined his career. Yeah. That was that the, is that the game they were holding us and all that? Or was that another game I'm yeah, thinking of? Yeah, I was like, I think that was I remember. Appalling watching it, it back. I was right at it. I remember he was there. They were all over Gary Hooper. I remember yeah. the players after it coming out and saying they'd never experience didn't like it it was absolutely yeah. bizarre beating Homer away by Juventus obviously but not expecting to get past past that team in the, the knockout rounds did extremely well to get there in the first place especially your centre half setting up all the goals for them <laughs> <laughs> what you like yeah okay. <laughs> So is that any moment to throw that hat in the ring, give us a, a predicted oh. score or even an outcome? Well, I I'll take an outcome off you. Yeah, if you want. I wasn't far off with uh, my prediction for Ross County. You I went not. five and oh. was fuming when they scored that sixth. Um, Two guys behind me had six and one. Is that right? Oh, nice I, one. I absolutely did. Uh, I'll take. I'll take one each. And I'll take one, one yeah, each. I'll take one each. Yeah. I think it'll be a draw as well. Do you? I think. Yeah. I think Celtic are yeah. going to win. Oh. I just, uh, I just, I just, I feel it's going to be one of those nights. I'm actually not too bad going into this. I think Celtic have been good in Europe this season. The Clues one, the notable exception, but I think they've got every reason to be confident. Um, both Ren and Clues so far have been excellent performances. So mm. why not roll into this with a bit of confidence? I think we deserve it. I think yeah, Neil Lennon so. deserves it. But at the same time, I, I would, I would take a, ideally a win, ideally a home win. But I, I think a draw would be, would be decent. Yeah, decent, creditable. Yeah. 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 And finally, Celtic have wrapped up um, some business behind the scenes. Deal done. Deal done, aye, aye. Um, Nicky Hammond has joined the club um, on a permanent basis. Makes him sound like a transfer. Nicky Hammond um, arrived as head of football operations, which is notably a different role than what Lee Congerton had. Lee Congerton was was head of recruitment. Um, Janny. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Brendan Rogers guy that cuts it out. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Rodgers guy and I think Melly you summed him up judging by everyone else there um, Nicky Hammond was brought in in the summer as a consultant sort of on a temporary basis to basically just have a look at everything that we're doing report back how do we improve it uh, and by all accounts Neil Lennon very much enjoyed working with him they had a good relationship I, I didn't know this but apparently they've known each other for a long time right, yeah. like sort of in the game and, and he's come on board Apparently, Stephen, instrumental in the signing of the likes of Frimpong and um, and Elianusi, bringing these guys in. Um, Celtic have needed someone in this role f- for a long time, haven't they? Because oh, it's been yeah. a bit archaic. Yeah, I mean, we've been crying out for it for a long time now. Um, we just wanted things tidied up a little bit mm. behind the scenes at Celtic, something a bit more, a bit more streamlined, a bit more professional, really, because. Again, without trolling up all the all the ghosts of the past that we've been talking about in previous windows, things were a mess for Celtic in various transfer dealings, particularly towards the end of Brendan Rodgers' time. And we just wanted to see it tidied up, just professionalised. Yeah. And I think this is a good step towards doing that. Will he be able to do his job to the best of his ability without Peter Law's interference? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll see that. I think that's the main obstacle towards it. But to me, that's the perfect scenario. Peter Law doing his job, Nick Hammond doing his job. And Neil Lennon being able to do his. That is that is the, the dream, the triumvirate of uh, Timmy's success. The there. Holy Trinity. Yeah, exactly. We would expect to see no more Lowellisms, you know, <laughs> no more John McGinn situations, no more um, Lee Congerton situations where we were scouting and putting six and seven million pound bids in for players that we just simply couldn't afford. You know, that so hopefully this is something that can facilitate Neil Lennon, run the scouting department, go and watch players, help out tweak things in the academy, watch players come through. Because if you think about it, Melly, nowadays, running a football club, the way football clubs are now run, with all these different departments all meant to be feeding into each other, it's it's almost an impossible task for someone like Neil Lennon, who's got the first team to run and those to win games. And as you say, Stephen, Peter Law's running the business. Yeah. There's a whole lot of football administration in there that needs taken care of. Yeah, it does. And it's good to see Celtic finally look like they're getting a bit of structure the problem we, we've had in recent seasons is nothing looked planned. It all looked as if we were caught off guard with the sale of Dembele, with Mikael Lustig not getting another right back in at the start yeah. of last season. Everything just looked a bit disjointed. Now we've got Peter Law running the business, Lennon doing the football side and this guy in the middle probably working with both the in-between man and he's got to be left 
to he's got to tell Peter Law that this is my vision for it and this is how I, how I need to do it and he has to be left to do it now he can't get free reign obviously but you need this in football it's nowadays the structure has to be there we have to do better recruitment and we have to do better with forward planning we keep talking about look there's going to be bids for Edward yeah. in January if not the summer we're really struggling up front currently if he gets injured so we need a striker in January and probably a replacement for Edward in the summer so we need to have some succession plan for all that and look other players we have to have Christopher Ayer could be snapped up with Cal McGregor, Scott Brown's going to be another year older, all, all these things need to be looked at and sorted pretty soon. And that's probably the, the, the number one job for him Stephen isn't it? Edward is the, the crown jewel in the Celtic squad as far as things go Melly said that you should expect bids in January. Yeah. I expected those will just be told no. You know, MD that wants to buy him in January want to buy him again in the summer. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they're better, but um, realistically, yeah. I know that's not how it works. If if a certain amount comes in for Edward, he's probably gone. But I, ho- I just hope that someone around Celtic knows that that can't be allowed to fly with no planning in place. And that's it. And that's the key word, planning. Yeah. So that's what we want to see from Nicky Hammond as a supporter. You just want to see no more surprises, no more John McGinn's, no more Dembele's <laughs> leaving on the final day. Yeah. No it's, more it's, shutting down the transfer business because everybody's falling out. Yeah, uh, yes, that, that did that, happen. That, that would, so, be, that would yeah. be terrific. And on that bombshell, I suppose we shall wrap up. Um, if you like this podcast, you heard us talk about it at the front of the show. We run a Patreon where we do all sorts of additional content. Some of it is a melee at the match where we give you direct match reaction. We do match companions where we cover games away from home and big games yep. in Europe. And we have the New Year's coming up this week, which is a documentary. All of that is available on the Patreon. The entire back catalogue is available from the day you sign up. Yep. So if you want to check it out, if you want more information, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims. And if you don't want to join the Patreon, you just want to leave us a free review, something nice on iTunes, we will gladly accept that yes. also. Five star one, obviously, as Millie says. <laughs> yeah, um, but also, mostly, thanks for listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.